This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. roses. 
So you're from Toronto, born and raised? Toronto, born and raised. Okay. Toronto is very ugly from the outside, but beautiful in. Not like you. You're, you're, Thank you're you. beautiful Thanks from so the much. outside, and I just can't figure out what your inside is yet. I can only be so nice, man. I, I try to I try to treat people with respect. I try to, you know, not ever let people push me to that level, but it's just been trash bag behavior, human trash behavior from him. He's for lack of a better phrase, dead to me in my experience here. He encouraged me to step into this with an open heart, and that's what I did. And I wish him well. Like, he's great. I feel like, because we, we spoke about, like, past relationships, and you just mentioned, like, the one you had for 14 years. So, like, that's something. Okay, let's back up. We're getting to know one another. There are, I'm sure, parts of you, and there are parts of me that take a little bit more time to, like, like, I don't even know your last name. I don't. You, you didn't know my first name for a while. It's a topless speech. That's fine. I've seen that in other countries. Top of speech is fine. And then the girls are taking their bottoms off. I'm like, okay, full out. Full China Pods out. So, obviously, I was navigating this in, in a way to allow myself to potentially, hopefully, be here while you're here. I get it. We're good. I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm not... You know, I get it. Like, thanks for playing the game. Obviously, we all care about followers. That's just part of this franchise. And obviously, I'm like, excited for the future possibility of making more money, but I'm not like, I would have got there on my own. Like, I have an entire like master's degree in marketing and they can figure out how to get a few more followers. I'm conflicted, of course. My heart is leading me toward James, who is such a great person overall, but sometimes you just have to listen to your vagina. Kissing Blake makes my vagina dance and tingle and feel really nice. And as nice as tonight was with James, when we kiss, I just don't feel a tingle in my vagina. Tonight's gonna get tubular. <laughs> That seems weirdly sexual, like tubes. We're gonna tie some tubes tonight. It's gonna get tubular. What? You told me you were falling in love with me first. You told me you loved me first. <laughs> now it's my turn. Serena Pitt, I love you very much. Will you marry? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. You know, it's Monday, so you know it's going to be a Patreon episode. You know we're going to be doing some very intricate examination of something that is crucial, vital, you might say, to your understanding of our beloved game. And today is no different. The most recent season seven of Bachelor in Paradise has just concluded a week ago. And tomorrow, the brand new season of Bachelorette begins. So we have a very small window of time here to interject <laughs> our top 10 takeaways from Bachelor in Paradise season seven. It was a historic season. It has changed many components of the game forever. It has evolved some. It has regressed some. It has changed us forever. <laughs> it absolutely has changed me forever. 
And so now today, we are going to be going through the top 10 most important things that happened on Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 and what they mean for the overall evolution of the game. And at the end of this episode, we're going to be giving out our year-long awards. We are talking about the MVP of the season. We are talking about the error of the season, Jorge Moreno, bystanders of the season, creatures of the season, plays of the season, all of it we're going to be going through. So you got to stick around till the end of it. But let's begin with our number 10 most important thing that happened, most important event from the season. And fuck, there were a lot of important events from this season. But this one, number 10, we thought was, it was just something we had never really seen before at this level. Our number 10 most important takeaway from Bachelor in Paradise season seven is the producer planted phone in Ivan Hall's hotel room. Wowie. For me, it was the biggest wowie moment of Bachelor in Paradise history. I've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. They set this man up purposely to destroy him. And the lengths to which they will go to orchestrate the demise of a player, it seems to increase every season. And this was just an active and planned setup designed literally to create drama, to catch Hall for doing something that other players do all the time, a knock-knock. The event we're talking about, of course, is Ivan Hall found a producer phone in his hotel room supposedly open to the screen that had all the other players' rooms and where they were staying. Yeah, the face lock was off because of the mask, (laughs) of course. We did a Digging Deeper last week about this where Wells Adams on his podcast said that because producers had to wear masks, they had to turn the face locks off of all their phones. And that's why Ivanhoe was able to see it. He gave no explanation for why the phone was left in Ivanhoe's room or why it was left on that screen. But we now know that they were doing this to destroy Ivan Hall. They planted this evidence. They knew from his ITMs, from many conversations he had had with producers, that he liked Alexa Ray Caves. She was on his list. She had not yet come to sand. They were purposely holding her back. So they leave this phone in his room and say, look, here's where she is. All you have to do is leave your room and go talk to her, which he does. She then puts in a wake-up call to the front desk for 5 a.m. We know that through some podcasts now. And the producers find out about this because they are monitoring every movement anyone makes while you are on the show. If you're an incoming player, you must understand this and you must take it to heart. Anything you say or do is being monitored. Whether you think it's being recorded or not, they know you're doing it and they will use it against you, period. And that is what happened here with Ivan. Ivan has also implied on social media that he is not the only one who snuck out of their room during the storm. Oh, no shit. Who else is he talking about? I haven't seen this. I don't know. I think it was him who posted it. Someone posted this. (laughs) Okay. Might have been Noah. Someone (laughs) in the nation posted that Ivan was not the only one to sneak out. And we don't know what information this is. We don't know who the other players are who snuck out. Maybe they were company men. Maybe they had podcasts and therefore Mm. the rules don't apply. They're protected. Yeah. I mean, you know, we did see Ivan and Noah and Alexa all posted TikToks the day after this episode aired to kind of counteract the negative effect that the producers were trying to achieve with the edit. Mm -hmm. They basically made a joke of it. Noah Erb, who was Ivan Hall's roommate on this night, obviously knew about it. There's even implications that he masterminded this and then said, no, but you can't like, don't leave your room. Wouldn't it be crazy if, but like, you can't do it. And then Ivan was like, fuck you, dude, I'm out and goes to hang out with Alexa Caves. So what is the the wake up call is so that she can kick him out before morning? Yeah, mm. essentially. And the producers are like, why is she getting up at 5 a.m.? We haven't given her a call sheet. In fact, 
we're going to burn her. We're not using her at all. She'll never get to come mm -hmm. to sand. They made that decision, obviously, very early on because she wasn't even at the tight-ass party, which we're going to get to a little bit later. They didn't even give her the opportunity to come into that party and potentially make a connection. They literally just imprisoned her. Can you imagine just quarantining that whole time? Never get your face on cam. Was she the only player who got that? There were probably a couple others that we just are never going to know about. Mm. I would assume. Was she in that initial list, cast list that you had? Yes. I believe she's the only one that we didn't see. I do too. In which case, it's like, that's strange. Why would they do that? I mean, Alea, we barely saw too. Yeah, we, we did barely see her. But this was our number 10. You know, I, I just haven't ever seen producer manipulation at this level where they're literally planting something to purposely trap a player to make them do something that will be perceived as a transgression against the game, which again, it's not. A knock-knock happens every fucking season. Producers facilitate them. It was just in this case that Ivan did it off camera, I guess, that they got fucking pissed about it and then made him, you know, have to come clean and, and do all of his, the reprimand that was visited upon him and he had to do his apologies. We're going to get to that a little bit later, but the cell phone being planted by producers was our number 10 most important takeaway from this season that the producers are willing to go to literally any lengths, like planting evidence, like a crooked cop. It's fucking crazy. Uh-huh. I mean, why not? I wonder when we're watching these trailers for Michelle Young season and we see these labeled folders with someone's plans, I'm like, is that planted? Has to be. Seems a little overt, even for uh, someone who's... Has to be. Yeah. Even someone who had that plan, it seems unlikely that you would be like, this is my bachelorette plan folder, bright folder. I think it's like a producer play, honestly. And I mean, we're obviously going to cover this during Michelle Young's season as it starts airing yeah. tomorrow. But I think the producers got that guy to do that. Mm. And they were just like, look, if you do this, we'll make sure you come to paradise. Maybe he even got a fucking, we'll try you out on the next Bachelor Nation podcast. I don't know. But I think that's all producer scripted. 100%. But we'll see. We, we haven't seen the footage. We don't know how it's going to play out. I'm curious. Speaking of events that were scripted by the producers, our number nine top Bachelor in Paradise season seven takeaway is this was our first season without Dark Lord Harrison hosting. Due to the events of the past year and Dark Lord Harrison getting fired, we had a series of of celeb hosts step in for him during Bachelor in Paradise. We had David Spade, Lance Bass, Titus Burgess, and Lil Jon. And they all seemed to be there for maybe a day each. David Spade seemed to have put out almost no effort in his time hosting. He even jokes about that. In our opinion, Lance Bass was the best celeb guest host, delivering this kind of vampiric Dark Lord Harrison vibe all over the food play date with Riley and Marissa. Titus Burgess seemed a little out of place, even though the producers gave him a party to host that was based on his name, tight ass. And Lil Jon was by far the most entertaining, not only getting to drive a dune buggy throughout the jungle, but getting to spray champagne with Natasha Parker after she got the producer rose, a moment that he was reprised in the final montage as this very feel-good moment. And then there was Wells Adams, the perennial Paradise barkeep who was very clearly trying to vie for the permanent hosting job of at least Paradise, if not the entire franchise. 
But in our opinion, he fell short. His radio DJ voice antics fell flat at the prom. His attempt to conjure disappointed dad vibes in his conversation with Ivan Hall did not work because he, in our opinion, does not convey that authority. And his attempt at a misdirection joke, telling all the players to meet him on stand to meet the new celebrity guest host, only to reveal it was him, carried no comedic weight. Although the producers will likely keep giving Wells chances because he has become a fixture in paradise this season when they gave him a little more leeway to show us what he could do. I thought he proved that he cannot carry the show as the host, not even paradise. To me, the hosts were, it was interesting to see some of these, these people certainly mm-hmm. like even just seeing David Spade in the bachelor is weird, you know, like that they're part yeah. of the document. Now little John to me was the weirdest of all and the funniest of all, but I don't think it worked. I think it was very disjointed. You never got the sense that anybody was in control of this game in the way that you used to get in the the prior six seasons. It just seemed like the producers are grasping at straws. Some executive somewhere was like, what if we had a different celebrity guest host every week? Yeah, that's great. Who can we get? And then they just like put the call out, you know? It was confusing. There was no sense of central authority, which ended up weirdly then going to the players, which we'll get to later. I mean, my favorite part was Lil John narrating, yeah. doing all the voiceover. And I kind of hope that will continue. Yeah, totally. I agree. I loved his voice and, you know, his narrating was very good. But, you know, the thing that Dark Lord Harrison did well, or he started to fucking not do it well toward the end of his time in game. <laughs> but at least uh-huh. for a little while, it seemed like he actually cared about the show, at least, about the game itself. Not necessarily mm-hmm. about the players or what was going to happen to them, but he seemed to have some reverence for what this was as an institution. None of these hosts had that. Wells Adams doesn't even have that. To them, it was all kind of a jokey, one-off, like whatever. They're not really invested in the show being good. They're, again, only there for a day. They're showing up to do this as a novelty, even to them. David Spade was actively shitting on it. He was like, here, this is the introduction to the people that you already know about, like making fun of the fact that they put like excessive promos and repeat things over and over again. It's like, yeah, exactly. There's no reverence for the media you're making. And like, not only in Bachelor, like in fucking anything, if you're on a scripted TV show, if you're in a fucking movie, if you're delivering a performance that kind of reveals you don't care about this thing, it is bad. The audience checks Mm -hmm. out of that. If the person who's running the thing can't accurately convey that they care about the thing, how do you expect a person sitting on the couch to give a shit? We only saw, and theoretically the host can further the relationships, ask questions on camera as opposed to telling every story through ITM. I can only remember one conversation. That was Lance Bass and Natasha Parker talking about kissing Brendan Marias. Was there any other even hint of guidance? No, no, absolutely none. And I think, like, imagine Lil John having a conversation like that with any player. How would that be believable that he gives a shit about any of it, you know? Of course it wouldn't be. I believe everything he says. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if Ivan Hall would have had to apologize to Lil John for sneaking out of his room? Yeah, sneaking out. (laughs) Lil John would have been like, it's okay. I stuck out too. Lil John's like, do you understand the gravity of the situation? (laughs) (laughs) Or if he was hosting the the Paradise Prom. Actually, I would have liked to see that. That actually probably would have been a little better. Certainly better than Wells. But it was, for me, the, the hosting of this season did not work. 
valiant effort, an interesting attempt. Hopefully it will be done away with and they'll have like a permanent host in there. It seems like it might be Wells, which I don't think is a great move, but I just, I felt like this didn't work. Agreed. And many other people felt like it didn't work because our number eight most (laughs) important takeaway from Bachelor in Paradise season seven is the ratings. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims clues it is springtime it is the off season it is gore girl summer the weather's getting warmer thank true. dark lord palmer and it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. 
I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. They were absolutely in the toilet. This was the worst rated season of Bachelor in Paradise in history and the second worst rated Bachelor franchise product in history, just barely edging out Listen to Your Heart, which aired in March of 2020. (laughs) And the ratings got worse as the season progressed. The finale had the second worst ratings of any episode this season. So even the people who tuned in at the beginning of the season lost interest and did not come back to see the historic engagement of Riley Christian and Marissa Gunn, the renaissance of Grocery Store Joe finding love for a second time, or the nudity-fueled union of Mari Pepin and 40-year-old master of the Boom Boom Room, Kenny Brash. We talk about this a lot, and we wonder, is this just a symptom of network TV dying, or is it something deeper? The fact that the ratings dropped over the course of the season, I think, reveals a deeper problem, more than just network TV dying. The producers don't know how to hold an audience's attention, how to build dramatic or interesting conclusions. When your highest rated episode is about one player chasing two players <laughs> out of the game and chastising them about Instagram, I feel like you're in trouble here. Absolutely, you're in trouble. Your finale should be your biggest ratings ever. That should be what you're building to the whole time. People who checked out along the way should be checking back in for the finale. I mean, there's a lot of different factors here. I think we have the largest cast in history. We have, you know, a lot of players who people weren't that familiar with being on sand, you know, not starting with Kufrin in the first episode, I think was a mistake. You have one of the COVID era shows, all of which have low ratings. And you have this mishmash of hosts you have too many bachelor seasons in one year in my opinion yeah maybe people are tired you also have a bunch of competing shows which are embracing social media more love island f boy island etc which are streaming and maybe people are tuning into more and again a lot of people are watching this stuff on hulu and youtube tv etc so they're not contributing to the nielsen ratings Totally. I I think the, I mean, when we say network TV dying, it has a lot to do with that streamers, you know, gobbling up the people who are watching it, taking those numbers away. But even just within the season to watch the ratings dwindle means that Mm -hmm. even people who are interested in it, who are like, oh, I can't wait to watch Bachelor in Paradise. By the end of it, they're like, fuck this. I don't want to see any of this. And I think you're right that all of these things are factors. Biggest cast. So it's hard to like zero in on specific stories. It's that a lot of these players are not like superstars within the game. They weren't like all-star players in many cases, like Kenny Rush and Mari Pepin, for example. I mean, both of them. Who? They did nothing on their seasons. Floaters. Floaters who got... Mari Pepin got eliminated very early. She was in our top four, I remember, after we looked at Instagrams. Mm -hmm. And then she got kicked out in like week two or three, if I remember right. But not being able to have these like kind of superstar all-star players. And even when you have them, like Becca Kufrin, like you're saying, they waste half of a season without her. And then even when she comes in, they focus on her absolutely not at all. They almost cut her out of the show. In retrospect, they cut her out because they weren't going to give her that ending, I guess. But 
I think it was a huge mistake. The people who have the highest Instagram numbers you should focus on, they are the people that the nation is following and want to follow. And people are shipping Thekka hard. I think they should have allowed them to continue their relationship, not do this fake breakup, and to watch that romance develop. We see the conclusion of it without basically not having a single conversation between the two of them air, except maybe their one-on-one. Yeah. And you even saw the, you know, the biggest player in paradise was Demi Burnett, Instagram numbers wise. And she was Mm -hmm. like, despite the fact that I thought she was actually trying some stuff, some really big dramatic shit, when she just takes Kenny Brash to the boom, boom room, it's like, holy fuck. When she gets Mari Pepin to throw the cake in the fire by steel, we now know through podcasts that idea to do a birthday party with a cake for Kenny Brash's 40th birthday was Mari Pepin's. Demi stole the idea. Really? And that's why she got pissed and threw the cake in the fire. So That's amazing. She was trying to stir the pot, as we saw in her opening, literally stirring a pot, and it just didn't work. Nobody gives a shit about Demi anymore. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. another piece of this is like one of their anchors, somebody they really thought was going to be, I think, a major player in this season, turned out to be nothing almost kind of like a grocery store Joe sidekick toward the end. And that's that's really all you got out of her. Yeah. I mean, we saw the largest engagement of the season. The most watched episode was that Brendan Piper Natasha episode. And it's like, that is the only thing that interested the nation out of all of the storylines that they constructed this season. Well, I mean, it interested the nation a little more than the other episodes, but even that had very low ratings. And so I think the producers are getting caught in this cycle of seeing like, well, the ratings are coming out. The biggest ratings of every season are the ones that have like five new players coming into a season of Bachelor or Bachelorette, the bullying, the players getting chastised for Instagram followers. So they're getting this false positive reinforcement of like, those are the highest ratings, but all the ratings are low. People don't want to watch what you're making anymore. You're doing something bad here in the game. But I think, again, because they see that comparative rating, like, well, it was the biggest rating. They're going to keep doing it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to mean in future seasons. We'll find out, I guess, with with 26 and and with uh, Michelle Young's 18 right around the corner. But yeah, I'm not sure. But speaking of all kinds of things that are happening to our game, new things happening to our game, things we've never seen before, Mm -hmm. our number seven. Most important takeaway from Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 was indeed something that has literally never happened before in all 20-whatever years it's been of this fucking game, all seven seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. It's something we never thought we would see, and it is something that has quite possibly changed the face of the game forever. The seventh most important takeaway from Bachelor in Paradise Season 7 was... If you want to hear the rest of this episode, which includes not only the rest of our top 10 takeaways from this most recent season seven of Bachelor in Paradise, but we also got our year end awards. We are talking about Creature of the Season. We're talking about Jorge Moreno, Bystander of the Season. We're talking about Error of the Season, Play of the Season, even MVPs of the Season. So if you want to hear all of that, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses join us in the bottom of the pit you're going to get the rest of this episode you're going to get i think we got a little over 30 other episodes now banked in our patreon that are things we don't do on our regular weekly episodes we have 
top 10 takeaways from other seasons, just like we're doing right now for BIP season seven. We have that for Matt James's season, Katie Thurston's season, Claire and Tasha's season. We have a bunch of digging deepers where we go through important clips from other podcasts within Bachelor Nation and we break them down, re-listen to them and kind of talk about what we think they mean and how they're changing the game. All kinds of weird songs in there. I'm dropping all kinds of tids all the time in there about the history of reality television, little YouTube clips I find that are interesting. We have Jared and Ashley Iaconetti's short film that they were in together. We have that in there. We have all kinds of weird stuff down at the bottom of the pit. It's what we spend our days looking at and listening to. And so if you would like to look at these things, listen to these things, once again, please just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, and we hope to see you in the bottom of the pit very soon. It's the pit, you can get it in, and dig around in all this content. It's the pit, come on, admit, you want to eat up all these tasty tidbits. It's the pit is room enough to fit everyone who wants to come in. It's the pit, you can get it in and dig around in all this content. It's the pit, come on, admit you want to eat up all these tasty tidbits. It's the pit, there's room enough to fit. Everyone who wants to come in, it's the pit. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. 
and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies.